Today on TechNATO, we're talking about Microsoft. We've got the re-re-re-release of the October 2018 update. Got some other stories, including a sweet revenge against package thieves. That's all coming up on TechNATO, starting right now. Hello and welcome to TechNATO. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and as you can see, somehow I'm I'm in Don's chair, and over in my chair is Mr. Justin Dennison from IT Pro TV. Justin, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Peter. And and this is your chair? Or are you sure Normally. this isn't my chair? Well, it's your it's your chair today. But oh, okay. as you pointed out, this could be the first time that we've had uh, two gingers uh, on TechNATO at one time. So it's it's groundbreaking. It, it could get a little out of hand. You know, you know, for us, it, it gets a little wild. Yeah, it's the, it's the first soulless episode uh, it is, of Technado so far, because Don is, uh, has, has a great soul. <laughs> he's, got, he's got great soul. Uh, yeah, well, he's a Detroit Red Wings fan, so maybe he's he's got that Motown thing going on. But anyway, uh, we don't have that. We're not going to sing today. But we do have some great news to get to. It's kind of end of the year here. Uh, we're in the holiday season. So we thought, you know, let's recap some some stories going on. And I don't know, maybe we'll we'll talk about our big predictions for next year. I don't know. I haven't told Justin that, but we're going <laughs> to maybe do that a little bit later. So let's get right to it, though, today. Our first uh, article comes from Tom's Hardware, uh, the Windows 10 October 2018 update. But you're saying... October. This is this is December eighteenth when this article was written. But uh, this is something we, I think we've talked about in the past that uh, Microsoft has put out this update, pulled it back, put it out, pulled it back. So this is the re 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 release of the uh, Windows ten October twenty eighteen update. So why why does something like this happen? <laughs> I, 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 this is one of those things you know. Hearing uh, just sitting out in the office area, I can, I can hear Mike and Cherokee going, "Oh, I need to down. Oh, it's not available anymore." Oh, it's back. Oh, it's broke. Um, this is something that there's just these small bugs, from what I understand from them, that are just, you know, kind of causing issues. So then it's pulled from being downloaded or patched. And then, you know, I don't know if I would call it the October 2018 update. If I'd, Maybe I should have just saved face and been like, oh, well, we got a new December update. I know it's out of cycle because uh, I think they have very predictable release cycles. Um, but, yeah, there was... It was just breaking things. How does it happen? There's deadlines. You got to get things working. You implement a feature. It looks good. And then, you know, some user comes along and goes, click. Oh, it's broke. So weird. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft's kind of got a history of that, though, with their naming where you've got, you know, hey, we're all on that newest uh, server, Windows 2016. You know, like putting putting those kind of numbers on things. It's like every time a rapper yells out the year, like 1994 in a song, you're like, <laughs> that, that was a mistake. You immediately aged this song. But uh, but going back to some of the problems, it says uh, here that uh, the original flaws that led to it being pulled involved a file system bug and issues with Intel audio drivers. Then a separate file system flaw was discovered. I wonder if the, fixing the first one uh, broke the second one there. And then incompatibilities with certain AMD graphics cards or Trend Micro software, iCloud, and Intel display drivers that led uh, to them blocking the update. So uh, just a, a whole host of, of problems. <laughs> That's one of those, th that was a lot of display driver video yeah. card issues, just like, I updated and, uh, well, my screen's blank. I can't really surf the internet. Yeah, or, I, I can't even go back. to roll back. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, what do I do now? Well, it's like, uh, if you've ever changed your phone to, uh, you know, uh, Italian or something accidentally, you're like, 
Right now, I just have to muscle memory that uh, <laughs> yeah. this thing in the corner that ends in an A is probably uh, back. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I'm glad we're we're making fun of various uh, <laughs> groups there. Uh, it is muscle memory. It is uh, when I I've done that on my phone or or something's or someone's done it as a prank. Right, that's why I have a passcode now. Um, you're like I go into settings, but the settings change so often, like how they're arranged, like mm -hmm. the system preferences. Sometimes I just kind of, or I get on another computer and I go, which one of these, like, give me a, a flow chart where I click to go figure this out. But unfortunately, if you were vulnerable to one of those issues with the graphics cards or the displays, it's not really something you could do. I guess you could try to do it by, by thought, be like the mouse all the way down to the lower left hand. There's a start button. Now type control panel. It, it, or I do, hope it works. Or those times when your your mouse or trackpad would break and you'd have to do things all with the shortcuts. That's probably your better bet if you're if you're just trying to to go that way. But <laughs> I, no thanks. I think that's when you just throw the computer in the in the dumpster and you you start over. But uh, unfortunately, well, first of all, I want I want to apologize to all Italians uh, out there for that horrible Mario. Uh, <laughs> next time I will do. Uh, Irish. So I'll pick the Irish. <laughs> yes. Uh, still still think, English. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there's Irish. But. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Gaelic, right? Yeah, I don't think that's prevalent on uh, yeah, it is, uh, Windows machines. Yeah. But um, anyway, this was not the only bad news uh, for Microsoft this week. Uh, we've got another article here from Endgadget uh, letting us know that Microsoft patches Internet Explorer flaw being used to hijack PCs. And I'm going to just jump out here with a hot take. Uh, if you're using Internet Explorer, then uh, you deserve all of the uh, the hijacking that comes your way. Uh, you know, one would think that. I, I remember working at previous places, and they're like, oh, we're still using Internet Explorer 8. And this sounds like a long time ago. This was like a couple of years <laughs> ago. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was this past Tuesday. <laughs> um, and I would ask them, why, like, why are you still using old versions of Internet, or just, for that matter, Internet Explorer at all? And they're like, oh, we have software or web apps that are written for that browser in particular. And so we have to use them because we paid all this money. I'm like, but it, it's kind of an issue, right? This is, uh, from what I've read, this is a zero-day attack. And so, boom, that could have been bad. I know this is very common in corporations and, and government institutions. Uh, could be, could have been a, a horrible uh, kind of time. Yeah, grandparents everywhere uh, could have been susceptible <laughs> to their uh, to, to the 14, <laughs> 14 toolbars and, and I don't know. They already have that. Bitcoin or something. I don't know. Yeah, this uh, it, it's kind of the same on the flip side when you see, uh, you, you'll have people say, oh, we have to use this program because it only works in that. And that, I mean, shame on the developer for uh, kind of taking the easy way out on that. I, I think I think it was when we switched insurance or something here recently, you had to go through the sign-up process and it said, only use Firefox for this. Or only, and it's just, uh, that's just so lazy. Yeah, well, not only, I don't, lazy, the browser wars cause some huge it's issues bad. there when you're, yeah. when you're building web apps. So I'm, I can understand that. I've actually had requests, again, decently, like fairly recently, where they're like, oh, can you make this work on Internet Explorer 6? And I was like, no. that <laughs> That's like 15 years out of date. Yeah. Number one, it, I don't even know if it has a reasonable JavaScript runtime. It just doesn't work. And people are, are really hesitant to upgrade. Likewise, I think it is a bad decision to say, we're going to build this software that builds that works just in a single browser. Because then... Number one, you, you kind of lock people into this this version, which makes it more vulnerable. And I don't know what the ramifications are for a software company if you're the responsible party for, oh, we still use Internet Explorer 8 because we had the software that was built for it, 
but then it ended up our systems are compromised and now we have all these data breach issues. Yeah, you can you can sue that person. <laughs> well, I think we talked about it was either last week or the week before um, with Don. We were talking about one of the other big browsers uh, moving over to the Chromium uh, kind of backend. I, I, I think it was Edge. It was, it was Edge, yeah. right? Yeah, so, I think Edge. Uh, there was some weird toss up. Like people were like, "No, we're just working on Chromium," but I think they are moving to a yeah. Chromium based um, a browser solution. And I wonder if there if there is that point then where Microsoft says, "Hey, we're not supporting Internet Explorer." anymore because it's already you have to hunt for it in the latest versions of windows right you've got to dig and say i got to find this because if you just open you know browse the internet you're you're getting edge right? yeah you're getting edge on new installs and yeah. um you know i'm i'm not a huge windows user anymore uh, i remember at one point where i tried to remove internet explorer from windows and use it was probably netscape or early versions of google chrome or something i was like that's i don't want internet explorer anywhere really wrecked my computer because underlying the file explorer for looking around in your computer, some of that's shared between Internet Explorer and the file explorer. So to some extent, you still have Internet Explorer because there's other parts of that that are being used within this. That's my understanding, at least. But yeah, if you go double click or click on a link out of an email, you're going to get edge if you haven't changed your default browser settings. Yeah, and hopefully they're just paving the way for, for that. But they know too that there's a lot of systems that run that uh, are exclusively optimized for Explorer, so if they would, uh, you know, face a lot of backlash. They're not, they're not like Apple where they just say, "Hey, I know we're going to face a lot of back backlash if we get rid of all USB ports or regular USB ports <laughs> on on your PC." But hey, too bad. Uh, oh, you like headphones? <laughs> that's too bad. That's tough. Yeah. You like physical uh, function keys? Yeah. That's also too bad. Uh, I know you can yeah. get that option. Yeah, right. But, that, but that's you, not Microsoft's. You, you have to go yeah. like search for it in the Apple Store. You're like, no, I want the one with physical skis. I want an escape <laughs> key. Um, and you know, to some extent, when they're moving over to that Chromium browser with Edge, this is a good time where if you have these companies kind of using a base platform to build upon, I think we end up with more secure software as far as the browser is concerned, more performance software, right? Because now if Microsoft and Google are both working on Chromium, then you have a, a lot more uh, people power mm -hmm. to fix bugs, identify security concerns, those type things. So hopefully that is some good that will come out of that. But I'm just kind of uh, posturing there for, to it, some extent. Is Firefox on Chromium too? Uh, Firefox actually uses their own. So the Mozilla Foundation, which spurred out of Netscape, um, they that's what they're known for. That's what they do is Firefox and I think... I don't use Thunderbird. I think Thunderbird's still available yeah. to some extent. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they use a Chromium runtime. I think they have their – or okay. a Chromium base, I think. But it's definitely more similar than yep. when you're trying to do – I I mean, I think of the fact that we redesigned our website here at IT Pro TV this year on the, uh, the, you know, the consumer um, site, and just so much of that time was taken ad addressing browser issues. And if that time is, is no longer needed, you know – Companies are going to get sites up quicker. They're going to save money. They're going to trickle down and pass that savings on to the customer, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, it gives you time to free up and, and have your development team working on other things that can make that experience better. So it's all good news if we can do stuff like that, I think. 
Speaking of good news, we didn't want to just give you all the terrible news uh, from, from Microsoft this week. There's actually some good news out there, uh, and this one is over on ZDNet. Uh, Microsoft officially announces Windows Sandbox for running applications in isolation. So uh, Microsoft coming, uh, Microsoft's coming Windows Sandbox feature is a lightweight virtual machine that allows users to run potentially suspicious software in isolation. Uh, could debut in Windows 10, 19H1. So... Why would I want to use something uh, like this as opposed to just firing up a virtual machine? Are there things that I can still break doing that? Well, I, I think this is making it accessible because it, there's times where if I need to run something, I'll fire up a virtual machine or I'll even create like a, a VM in AWS or Azure to say, I'm going to test this because if things go horribly awry, I can just kind of destroy it. However, I don't think that's that's not the MO of most people. I can say for sure my parents, if it was a, run this in this sandbox environment and I could show them that and it would take care of all of that, right? The, the user experience for that, if it, you lower the barrier to entry, then maybe you can add some safety. But I can't imagine describing to my mom, all right, now you need to install VMware or VirtualBox. Oh, you need to get this ISO. All right, now double click here, set the, the RAM and disk usage appropriately. Oh, now you have a window. Now you gotta mount that shared folder well, if it's just a one-click thing, yeah, it, it might be something that you can start telling people, hey, if you're worried about where this application come from or you downloaded it or it seems legit, like let's say I get an email from you or it appears to be from you and you're like, ah, well, it, it's a zip file, but is it right? What's going on? Put it in this VM. Boom, fire it off, see what happens. And then hopefully that VM has some way of detecting, hey, is this malicious? Or you can just get rid of the environment. That's, that's kind of how I view it. So I can finally click on all those links and find out if they actually do have those photos? <laughs> no, I don't know if I would click on links out of email. Just, just so we're clear, I'm not advocating for <laughs> clicking on random links or downloading things. But I know uh, like when you package up software mm -hmm. and you got to open it, especially on Macs right now, on Apple computers, it'll say the first time, hey, the developer didn't sign this with like a certificate, right? Do you sure you want to open this? We don't know who it's from. And so you have to select that. You have to bypass that security. Um, that would be something if you didn't know who it was from or if it was unsigned, maybe that's even a default feature that comes along. In the, and I'm, I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but I could see that the first run yeah. is tested out in the sandbox, and then it goes, oh, everything looks good. Now we're going to run it normal. Move it over to yeah. yeah. That would be nice if they actually build that into the um, the pop-up that, that – yeah. Let you know. To yeah, instead of yes or no, like run in sandbox or something like that, that mm -hmm. would be nice. I'm not saying, I don't know how that's going to come out. Yeah. Uh, probably not the initial releases would be my guess. Well, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on this story and, and uh, look back when that does come out. Uh, I'm not sure if it lists an exact time of when that release is, is expected, but um, definitely something uh, maybe we'll get Cherokee or Mike in here and, and dig into it a little bit when that comes up. Uh, there are some of our Windows experts and Ronnie. Um, some of those. So we'll take a look at that. But uh, now let's shift gears a little bit to another tech giant um, that, well, they, they had some problems this week too. It's not a good week um, to be a tech giant. 
I guess. <laughs> uh, but well, they're also selling millions of these uh, Alexas right now, so I don't feel too bad for them. But uh, this is on Reuters, uh, Reuters.com. Amazon error allowed Alexa user to eavesdrop on another home. So um, so this one's interesting. It, it turns out a, a guy in, in Germany basically wanted to go back and see the recordings that, uh, that Amazon had of him and found... Uh, what's that, something like 1,600, 1,700 audio files uh, from a stranger as well uh, with his data. I don't even know if he got his own data in there as well, but uh, he got data from others. So this is it says it was human error that led to this, which I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse, that it, it's not something that's baked into the, the code. That's, what, that's one of those things where in the article it's in human error, and you go... Is there just a bunch of people hanging out at Amazon going, ah, oh, well, they recorded that. I need to drop this in this folder. It seems like that would be an automated thing. Yeah, I'd that rather not linked. know a human was, was yeah. listening to all the things. Yeah. What is going, oh, yeah, we got to put this over here. Where did I put those? Yeah. I've lost those audio files. So is it actually just a, a woman at, at <laughs> Amazon answering it? Yeah, I'll turn the lights she on for you. She is very efficient. She really she, is. She's she really. Quick. And this is one of those things that freaks me out because, you know, we, we have a little Echo Dot. I'm... I'm not big on on all these home integrations, at mm -hmm. least not yet. Uh, but periodically, ours will come on. I don't know if it's my southern draw or what. <laughs> I'll say something, and she goes, no, I didn't understand that. And I'm like, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> so I don't know. She's, like, recording those, and then Peter's going to get them later, and he's going to go, Justin is saying all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, I do believe they record those those mistakes, especially so they can send them back and, and figure out how to how to make it better. But... They're just basically for at my house. It'll just be them going, "Oh, that was the TV again." Yeah, <laughs> that was that happens commercial. all the yeah. time. Uh, an Alexa commercial. Yeah. And you're like, you're like no, shut no, up, not <laughs> you, not you. How and many? How many are we setting off right now? Yeah, the way? probably. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you should probably make sure you're yeah. not near any uh, Echo Dots or uh, Alexa-enabled devices. Order toilet paper. <laughs> um, so I didn't know that you could actually request your your history from them. Is that something you'd heard of before? Uh, that's not something that I, but I don't use a great deal. I, you know, a little bit of music, maybe yeah. you get like a, a flash briefing from a couple of things, but I'm not a heavy user of it. So it wouldn't have been something that, that I would have went out of my way. I didn't, I really didn't know you could do that either. Um, but now it makes me want, I'm going to probably go home and say, Hey, Alexa, record this and see like, does that happen? Can I record? I don't like, think memos? you have to tell her to record. <laughs> she goes, oh, yeah, I'll start now, <laughs> Justin. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back, though, and I want to see if that's something that's available to everyone. Because if it is, I don't think it's really that public um, that that's available. But I guess it's your data. So it's just like you can go download all your data from Facebook that everyone was doing when uh, they found out about some of those um, uh, privacy things going on. And um, I know you can see what data Google has in you and, and those places. So I'm, I'm sure that that would be something that exists. But uh, the interesting thing is that once he notified Amazon, which apparently took a few tries and, and wasn't that easy, uh, he went back in and, and all, all those audio files were gone. And they were just kind of like, no, that didn't happen. But he had already saved them <laughs> to go, well, yeah, I had it. <laughs> yeah, so, it yeah. You mean he didn't ask Alexa to contact <laughs> Amazon for it? Yeah. Alexa, uh, call Jeff uh, Bezos and let him know. That, yeah, uh, I need two minutes of his time. We've got an issue here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to want to hear about this one, and I'm, I'm sure he did. But that's uh, that's what's going on over at Alexa. So if you don't have one yet and there's one under the uh, Christmas tree, just be careful what you say around her. Yep. She's listening.
Uh, all right, our next story also on ZDNet. Um, this is a fun one. Hack the Air Force Bug Hunting Challenge uncovers 120 flaws in websites and services. And, you know, on its face, you could look at that and go, well, that's not good, 120 flaws. But this is, a to me, an example of somebody doing it the right way and, and going out and, and uh, having uh, finding out these things the good way. You don't know that these 120 flaws weren't already found by other people that didn't tell the Air Force. But uh, they paid out over $130,000 to hackers for spotting these flaws. So have you ever done one of those? Uh, I haven't done a bug bounty yet. Yeah. I, I've thought about you know trying my hand at a bug bounty. I just haven't set us aside the time. But $130,000 sounds like a lot of money. I mean, it is a lot it of money. It is a lot of money. However, that number of flaws, what was it, 120, 120 flaws? Yeah. If those were exploits that could have been used to gain access, then the possible like monetary value of like a data breach or something like that. Or if I get one drone. Yeah, far <laughs> beyond, far beyond 130,000. Like I took over a, what is an F-16 plane? Or, well, look at this. This is my new battleship. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think those are connected uh, necessarily to all of the same networks. But, you know, this is also something that I, I read about the, the bug bounty for the Air Force. And I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. They're calling for you to try to hack them. And if they know about it and they're asking for it and they're going to give you money for it, it's uncovering errors. It's maybe giving you an outlet for honing your skills if, if you're one of those professionals. And it ultimately makes them safer. So I'm, I'm surprised I don't see more companies kind of doing this or more entities necessarily. Well, we, we talked to a company uh, when we went to the B-Sides Las Vegas show um, Back, I want to say August, uh, out there in Vegas, uh, Hacker One um, was one of the the sponsors there, and uh, I believe uh, Daniel Lowry did an interview with them that, that we featured on here. Um, but they're a company that kind of facilitates that for you, so um, so the Air Force doesn't have to just go right to the public and say we want to do this. They go through Hacker One, hack, they kind of do some of the validation of these errors, and they have a network of people that they're able to put it out to, so it gets the word out. And actually, looking down here now, it looks like that is uh, who they used here. Uh, well, it's it's talking about an earlier one, but it says the DOD's uh, first ever bug bounty challenge was Hack the Pentagon, launched in 2016. Uh, since then, more than 5,000 bugs have been reported on government systems through HackerOne, uh, with over 500,000 paid to hackers who have reported those flaws. So, uh, yeah, HackerOne, if, if that's something you haven't checked out before, um, do check that out. If it's if it's something you're looking to, to get started in, um, they have a lot of those uh, bug bounty programs that they list and, and can kind of help you get started and... Uh, become a, a hacker for hire which is the dream <laughs> yeah this is the dream right a lot of money travel around the world uh, in your battleship so, in your battleship <laughs> that you commandeered <laughs> like this is mine uh, so it is uh, but hacker one is it is accessible to most people it's kind of that nexus I've, I've looked through hacker one bugs before and that's one of those things where you go that's going to take a lot of time for me to dig in and and see what's what's going on uh, but definitely check that out it's it gives you an interesting at least an array of ideas, be like, oh, I didn't even know that was an issue, right? I, I didn't know that cross-site scripting on this site was possible or, or something like that. And so it'll at least give you some background knowledge, but, you know, see if you can find some bugs, maybe fix some bugs if it's an open source project or something like that. It's uh, I, I suspect, this is me, a prediction, if you will, I suspect this will become more commonplace. You're, you're kind of crowdsourcing um, uh, your your security team to some extent. Yeah, definitely, and it, and it's important to uh, to only hack those that are asking to be hacked. 
Uh, we should put that PSA out there or hack your own systems uh, if, if you want to uh, do a little pen testing there. But um, yeah, I uh, have HackerOne's uh, site here now. It looks like they've worked with GM, Starbucks, Spotify, all kinds of, uh, of big names. But yeah, definitely the uh, U.S. government being there is interesting too. So we'll go ahead and uh, um, suggest you go back and find that uh, that podcast we did with them. Maybe we'll We'll post a little link to that, and you can check that out as well. But, um, yeah, a pretty cool pretty cool program. Uh, all right. Um, well, you're not going to believe it. More bad news. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, – uh, we've been talking about a bad week for a couple people. This yeah. is more of a bad year. I, I read that uh, Zuckerberg lost $15 billion this year, the most of anyone on the uh, – billionaires. The Forbes, uh, but billionaires is he still list? a billionaire? He's still a <laughs> many, many times billionaire. You so. know – Ah, whatever. Yeah, I, I could probably just fifteen. But yeah. he, I mean, this is this is kind of embroiled. I, I know there, um, you know, Facebook had an issue, actually a couple of issues in the past week. They exposed some some individuals' photos through the photo API. Actually, I think one of the from what I was reading, one of the bigger issues with that they didn't report it uh, in the appropriate amount of time based on GDPR. Yeah, that could be. Uh, that's a big fine. GB, GDPR. GDPR. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I can get that acronym mixed up. Um, But then this one, it seems like they're just sharing our data with certain companies and organizations. Yeah, this one's over on the New York Times. They they broke this. uh, As Facebook raised a privacy wall, it carved an opening for tech giants. So basically this is saying that uh, things that were private to uh, or, or shown as private to a lot of people, they were actually just kind of leaving open for sponsors and, and people who were using that data is that am I understanding uh, that right it, it's it's odd so based on this article if you read it down uh, a little further you know you're talking about hacker one hey. spotify was on there uh so spotify netflix the royal bank of canada could read write and delete users private messages so you know that you're like oh let me uh let me message peter real quick i gotta ask him something and now there's corporations looking at that information and not only that they could see like friends of friends even without um but that was some of the cambridge analytica stuff yeah uh, way back when right so having that data to kind of sculpt the message that's sent to you either through advertisings or things like that i don't know you might be all right with that personally if i have an expectation of privacy there's there's some odd things there right they're they're monetizing data that you didn't know that you were necessarily giving up so that's why I never got that Pandora playlist from you because uh, <laughs> Spotify is like, nope, you're not getting that here. <laughs> I Pandora, what's that? They just erased it from all of my history. <laughs> yeah, Pandora um, does not exist anymore. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that they could write and delete messages like those companies listed there. Like, could I? Oh, well, somebody said something about Spotify. Let me modify that message before anybody finds it. Now, I'm not saying this happened, but the power is there. Right. That's that's not so good. Yeah. And I wonder if that was um, intentional or if they, they wanted to give them certain things and that was just a mistake, because I can't think of a possible use case scenario where you would want to have uh, any third party, uh, much less a, a, a huge company, have the ability to to delete or modify messages yeah i don't maybe it's based on how their marketing platform works right i mean facebook is a marketing company right they're they're a marketing agency effectively uh that's that's how they make money correct me if i'm wrong peter you probably have a a better idea of that than i do 
Yeah, uh, they say they're a social network, but we all know <laughs> that they are a big yeah. company. And, and that's that's true for other big yeah. tech giants, right? That's that's part of their monetization. Um, I don't know why you'd want write, read. I can understand read, right? If you have Spotify, like a recommendation engine, right? And you come up, hey, this is a playlist for you. They're recommending songs on a radio. If they're reading conversations about music in a, with a friend, they could further adjust your choice, right? They could do sentiment analysis or something of that nature. Only thing I can think of is maybe you pay additional monies uh, not to to modify, so maybe there's not bad press going around, no bad word of mouth. Uh, I I don't know if that happened, and I will say in the article there are a couple of these companies that dispute. They say, "Hey, that never happened. We didn't do this." Or even if we had this access, it wasn't something that, yeah that, that we, we indulged were using. in. Yeah. So um, you know the, the companies that we talked about. Not saying that, that they did any of those things. But it appears that it is a capability that is uh, supposedly there. Yeah, and we've got, um, speaking of playlists, it reminded me uh, while you were saying this, uh, we actually just launched uh, some some holiday, well, they're not holiday playlists, as, as a holiday thing, we put out some fun playlists from uh, all of our edutainers. Let me, uh, let me zoom this in here. Zoom with it, uh, command. Yeah, there we go. So... Uh, uh, each of our edutainers at IT Pro TV uh, let us know what their their favorite jams were when they are studying. We've got uh, Justin's here and uh, big CeeLo Green fan. Uh, we found <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, I, the, I, I put the, the CeeLo Green thing in, in his description here. He's like, I don't have any CeeLo Green on my uh, playlist, and sure enough, <laughs> yeah, he was a featured artist in another artist song. I, but I'll give him that. CeeLo Green was on there. I don't even think what. That particular song, I don't even think of CeeLo Green being on there. No, it's not, not anything against CeeLo Green. He's a producer, too, I think. Yeah, so. he, he, he could have just been involved. But, uh, yeah, head over to uh, the IT Pro TV blog, um, itpro.tv slash blog, or actually blog.itpro.tv, uh, and it's one of the, the recent stories here, the Edutainer's Greatest Hits. So that's a lot of fun and when you're studying. I, I do want to reemphasize, these are not holiday tracks. Not at all. Um, <laughs> we have a varied taste in music, and... Uh, there are a few of them that may have a, uh, a parental advisory, so definitely check those out as well. But Spotify marks all of those songs as explicit or whatever. So. Yeah, it marked most of the playlists. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is bad. Not bad, for kids. Yeah. yeah, not for children. So, um, yeah, Raining Blood's not a uh, great no, song for the no, kids. it's not. But it's always what we listen to around the... The Christmas tree. Yep. Uh, all right, a couple last stories we wanted to share with you. A couple fun ones, actually. Um, this one on 9to5google.com. Uh, Apple Music account tweets uh, using Twitter for Android. So, again, that's Apple Music using Twitter for Android, which you assume this always is like the intern, you know. And so if the intern's got his Android phone, which I don't understand why he's working it uh, at Apple Music if he does. But uh, you got to remember that that stuff's listed on the tweet right there well, well well maybe he likes apple music but he really likes the twitter android app so maybe there is a mix there uh, but this is something that i've always thought funny I, I you watch various conference talks and someone from microsoft or someone from google will get up and go all right now i'm going to show you some some things from my computer and they open up a mac <laughs> and you go well hold on a second there's something wrong with this picture or i, I don't know if i've seen any apple employees open up a pc but I have seen a bunch of other Google yeah. or Microsoft employees who have Apple computers who th that's what they do their work on. Now, they'll be running VMs or whatever, but I don't know if that's necessarily frowned upon. But yeah. it is an odd thing to see. Oh, 
Android tweet. Exactly. I've, uh, I've, I, I know one tweet I've seen going around is from someone saying, hey, I lost my phone, everybody. Uh, you know, what a terrible day. And it's sent from mobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things like that. that. But um, uh, what your story makes me think about, I, I, I used to go out to Microsoft a lot um, uh, at, at my old company. We, we were working with them. And um, that was when the Windows phone, they were really pushing it. And Boy, it, there were some people. If you if you had an iPhone in a meeting, you're just you're, you're kicked out basically. And there's <laughs> other people where you know that, yeah, they'd put their Windows phone on the desk and in their pocket is the iPhone because you just you had to have this as your like your pass to get in basically. Because, but you know, there's uh, there's superior tech sometimes. I would think at some of these tech companies, like Apple in particular, if you're like, hey, you're going to work in the Apple Music team, if your job is social media. Wouldn't they normally like give them a device and say you're going to use an Apple device? You would think, and you'd think they'd give you all the devices so you can test, you know, the platform and things. But uh, when it comes to tweeting from the uh, from the corporate account, you're probably going to want to stick with uh, <laughs> with that main <laughs> that main phone they hand you. Just don't use mobile. Just don't yeah. use yeah. Just always use a desktop computer yeah. <laughs> from Windows. Yeah, yeah. So, from oh, Windows. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, and this last story uh, today, just one more to get to, uh, just really made me smile. We talked uh, last week with Don, we talked about package uh, thieves around the holidays, uh, and there were some stories about people using uh, kind of the explosive, uh, you know, uh, shotgun shells and things that, that make a big boom on your porch and using ring cameras and things like that and what's kind of legal and what isn't. But uh, one guy got fed up, and he actually happens to be a NASA engineer, so he over-engineered the heck out of this thing. Uh, he made a glitter bomb package to thwart uh, parcel thieves. And this is one of the most satisfying um, gifts that I've seen in a long time. Hopefully that's uh, coming through for you guys that are, are watching the video version of this. But uh, basically it's a uh, an Apple HomePod. Is that what it's called? An, is yeah, that the Google HomePod? No, that's a Google Home it's Apple, the, it's the Apple. It's the Apple Home thing. Thingy yeah. <laughs> with the speaker. Um, but he used that box and basically... You open this thing up, and uh, it has a, a massive amount of this finely uh, uh, fine particles of, of glitter uh, that shoot out at, at you and everything around you and will be there for years to come. Uh, it has a, uh, a fart uh, spray inside that then goes off a few seconds later, which is great. And then uh, it actually has four cameras in there, um, all with active LTE, uh, so it can be sending back location data, and even if the package gets destroyed, then it sends back or it has sent back the video to the cloud um, already. So the funny thing is, uh, most people threw this thing out the window, but it's probably worth more than the Apple thing because you've got four phones in this <laughs> thing. If yeah, I was watching the video, and it is crazy over-engineered. Yeah. All right, it's. Uh, I, I'll I'll be honest with you. What's inside there to catch a thief is probably, like you said worth way more because on all four sides there's an active i think it's an iphone uh from oh, what i see. saw he's got um, we've, we've got this uh this little video here we can have going while you're you're yeah. talking but he's got uh yeah the four phones in there uh that might be android but yeah it, but still either way he's got four smartphones that are active so they can report data and he has the cameras going i mean that's that's a chunk of money it is funny, and if you've ever tried to clean up glitter, just normal glitter for maybe some kind of little project, it it's never coming. I still find glitter. You're like, where'd this come? Oh yeah, that's from that card. Um, the the fart spray. Have you ever have you ever smelled that stuff? I have not. Uh, it is 
it is rancid. I I had a um, earlier on in my early twenties, there were a couple of <laughs> people who had who had that, and they would just randomly and just like kind of walk away. <laughs> and I mean, it is putrid. So it it's kind of like insult to injury, I guess. I yeah. don't I don't know if you're injured by glitter, but. Yeah, I don't know if you'd be still in any more packages. Well, one of my favorite parts here, too, is that he actually uh, used Kevin McAllister from Home Alone as the return address uh, and Harry and Marv, the Wet Bandits, uh, as the two, if anyone ever takes it. I don't think they really look when they're stealing the packages off the porch, but uh, if they had, they, they might have been tipped off by that. And, and this actually brings up, you know, maybe one of those. Have you ever heard... You shouldn't put the boxes after your, when you get these, like the, your Apple Home stuff. Oh, like they, put them out in the recycle yeah, bin. Yeah, put them out in the see. recycle bin. Yeah. Uh, so that would be, if you're having things delivered, maybe you don't want to put over $1,000 worth of smartphones in a box that shoots glitter. Or maybe you do, um, but you know, just kind of be careful. Keep your eye out. Maybe have a neighbor if you're going to go out of town or something like that. Well, um, this guy has 37 million views on this uh, this video so <laughs> far. So from a monetization standpoint, I think he's uh, recouped that. And I've seen a f- couple of his other videos before. Actually, I realized after the fact, uh, I, I watched one he did on carnival games of you know how uh, how they're hacked and or uh, how they're basically scams and and why. And he gets into a lot of the science, which is is kind of fun. But uh, that had multiple millions of views as well but I, I wonder if this is something where maybe him or a family member experienced that he was like wh- what happened why did he build this he thing? had something stolen and uh contacted local police and he had the ring doorbell video footage and was able to say hey here's this guy here's his car and here's him and the police said it's really not something that that we can follow up on we don't have the time to uh in in his area or whatever it was so he said Okay, fine. I'll take this into my own hands, and and I think yeah, it's it's completely over the top. But and that's man, how vigilantism fun. gets yeah, a little exactly. out of hand. Next thing you know, he's dressed up like a bat and running around at night, and he built the Batmobile. He he, it looks like he could afford it. Yeah, it, 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 it looks like here. that. Yeah. It's going to be horribly over engineered yet again. But yeah. I guess that was uh, Bruce Wayne's shtick, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you haven't had a chance to check this one out yet, definitely go, um, I mean, just go over to YouTube, honestly, and, and search. Uh, it's called Package Thief versus Glitter Bomb Trap. And, uh, you know, it's a 10-minute it's a video, but it's it's really cool if you're into DIY kind of uh, maker stuff. It, it's, it's really neat just to see how he created it and then obviously stick around to see um, the people that were caught up in it. And he gets the box back. I mean, he's got the GPS from the phones, and he actually set up a geofence, so it doesn't go off until it's been taken out of the geofence, until the accelerometer goes off, and the uh, little clips that he's got set up, so when you open the box, uh, show that the box has been opened. So, um, you know, this the thing travels miles away, and then he gets an alert on his phone and is able to go find it multiple times um, and actually share it with his friends to use as well. So uh, a lot of great stories. The, the best one to me is the guy that's going... Well, my girlfriend's going to see all the glitter in this car now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble. That's, yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, it is really hard to explain glitter in any believable, uh, in any believable way, right? No, well, I, like, I wasn't with a girl. I'm a thief. <laughs> yeah, I was stealing <laughs> from porches. I'm a, I'm a horrible human being. That's all. But I'm not a cheater. Yeah, yeah, totally different things. Yeah. Uh, if you decide to to do something similar, you know, you you and Don said that you talked about like what is legal. Yeah. Um, so do be careful there. It, this is kind of a, a fun little thing. If you cause injury, you should. Yeah. You're probably going to be legally liable. I, I, I feel compelled to say that. Sure, but send us the video yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll, 
Feature right here. <laughs> uh, as, as local laws allow. Uh, all right. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for us. Unless you got anything else to talk about, anything that, that's on your mind. I know. I know. Don's big prediction uh, we've talked about in the past for for 2018 was that uh, Windows would put out their own distro of Linux. So, do you want to go on record at all as we wrap up 2018? Uh, you're you're big in the developer community. What what's coming? Uh, you know, I, it was funny. Right before I walked in here, I made a comment similar to that. I'm like, oh, well, I can't wait for Windows Linux to be a thing so I can just get things going. It, it may happen. It, it may happen. Uh, I'm going to go with within the next year. Are we talking within the next year, 2019? Yeah, yeah. My big prediction for 2019. Yeah, I'll go ahead and go with Don on this one. I'll, I'll see uh, Windows Linux uh, or Microsoft Linux. All right, well, mark it down that Justin has gone out on a limb uh, <laughs> with Don. Uh, yeah, with, uh, yeah it's a, luckily, it's a giant sequoia it's, limb. It's a big, it's a big uh, tree. Otherwise, it, it would end right, poorly well, for didn't, us. didn't work out for Don this year, and hopefully it does uh, next year. Uh, what about your prediction for 2019? Well, this one I'm hoping uh, comes true also for Don. It's something that he's wanted but hasn't really predicted again because I think he's been burned so many times. But that we see that that phone-computer hybrid finally come true for him where you've got this phone that you can just plug into the keyboard and, and screen and it and it's got everything there, but it's all just, just one device. I think we're, we're getting closer and closer, and I know... Um, you know, the, the, we're seeing some convergences with uh, the mobile operating systems and the uh, and the PC desktop and, operating. Systems. And there has been similar devices. There's been like bad that. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the key point there. There have been bad ones. And Don has bought every single <laughs> one of them. Going, this is the one. Yeah. Oh, this is horrible. This is not the one. Yeah, there's there's a graveyard. There. There's a drawer in the back. It's got four or five of these phablet uh, Frankenstein things where you. Just, slide a phone in here and it just doesn't work so uh, i think it's going to be uh the phone is going to pop in uh into the touchpad area and it's going to be your uh, house and uh i'm gonna, gonna you, control you might be onto something maybe you should go ahead and do some product development on that. well when i when i'm done making my glitter bomb uh yeah well that's important you should uh you should go ahead and get started on that though because you got to accumulate four LTE enabled phones. Well, I've got all those those old uh, oh, yeah. tablet PCs that I can uh, take from back there, so I'll just I'll just use those. Yeah. But Don, I'm, I'm commandeering these. I mean, they're not great devices necessarily, but they'll take images and they'll send me GPS. That's all I need. Uh, information whenever someone steals this package from my just from tape, my porch. Tape up all the ports so that uh, no glitter gets in there because that would really. Uh, mess things up. All right, well, that's going to do it for us, but before we let you go, we want to let you know about a couple of things that uh, that are important to you and would help us out and help you out. Uh, first of all, we've got a lot of webinars that we do here at IT Pro TV, um, so definitely want to check those out. We've got a few coming up in January, uh, and but we also have an archive with all of the past webinars that we've done. You can check out as well and get a lot of great info. I know you've done couple for us what uh what was the one uh, you just so did? me and don did top five devops blunders that was a good uh, one and then we uh kind of a my top five cool tips for aws um to to get things up and going it definitely developer centric in that regard if if don had done the same webinar he would have had a different outlook but definitely um we have some great information we got some uh, uh i think joe's done a couple and adam just did one on phishing uh being a how to protect yourself against phishing and being aware of that, which is 
it's real easy. I, I actually get phishing text messages a lot. It's gotten actually. bad. Yeah. It's gotten really bad. I know there's some legislation out there right now, and I think uh, some some of these companies are seeing that coming. And so uh, I guess phishing isn't really from companies, but a lot about the robocalls and things. But I think they're trying to get as many as they can in um, before some, some new laws come out. But, um, yeah, you want to check out itpro.tv slash webinars where you'll find out all this information. And the next one we do have is January 17th. Um, so that'll be kicking off the new year for us with Joe Peacock talking about the 10 must-have skills for leadership in IT. Uh, it's Thursday, January 17th at 2 p.m. So itpro.tv slash webinars. Uh, check that out for sure. We also uh, have have an offer for all of you out there watching. Uh, we've got a 30% off code and uh, some information about demos and team pricing uh, that you'll definitely want to check out as well. And that code is good for the lifetime of your subscription. So as you continue to uh, resubscribe as you as you will, uh, because it's great content, uh, you'll get that price long after that price has been no longer valid for everyone else so definitely take advantage of that and thank you all for sticking with us this week and um had, had a lot of fun news and, and a lot of a lot of fun stuff to talk about with fun with bad here. news yeah fun bad news fun for us uh, yeah not we laughed had a great time it was not good for for a few of these companies though yeah uh, end of the year maybe it's just we're saving up all the bad news putting it out that way people are maybe maybe they're having a good time with families and they don't read it or something i don't know yeah, well, hopefully 2019 <laughs> is better for you and, and better for all these companies. And it, it's all it's all looking up from here, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, January 1st, start anew, right? Just yeah. keep moving forward. And I, I can't wait to see that uh, Microsoft Linux. Well, thank you for joining us on the all-ginger version of the Technado. And we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>